0: Hello, I'm Jordan Gifford or JoJo, and I want to welcome you to part one of this two part action plan podcast series that I'm recording today. So, in part one, I'm going to cover what leadership means to me and how I've started to see myself as a leader in my community and just the kind of leader that I want to become in the future. So, let's start with the first one. So, what does leadership mean to me? Well, Leadership to me refers to somebody's ability to motivate or inspire at least one other person and to work with that other person or with that group of people that you are inspiring towards a shared vision. And the shared vision part is really important to me because if you are working with a group of people, you have to be working towards something. So a leader, to me at least, helps the group or, comes up with that shared vision and gets everybody on board and i really do think this ties in to what i think a leader is and it's somebody who has the ability to motivate and create the shared vision and to get everybody on board and i think that leadership really just it looks different to everyone so for one person being a leader may mean being a team captain of their sports team while to another person, it might mean being the CEO of a multi-million dollar company. So it really depends on where you are in life and what your goals are as a person or as an individual or where you're working. So it can come with the position. You could be elected as a leader, like president. So you may not want to be a leader. So in the president's case, I guess that's a bad example. but. Sometimes you fall into leadership leadership positions and you become a leader within that position. So for me, I fell into my position. I was born into it, I guess you could say. So for me, being a leader is an everyday activity. And I just want to clarify this from the bat that this does not mean that I am a better more experienced or qualified leader than anybody else it is just my personal circumstance or situation so this is my story of how I realized that I am a leader so to give some more background for those of you who may not know me, I am the eldest of two siblings. And both of my siblings have disabilities. So my sister Emily has Down syndrome and my brother has autism. And so for me, this is just a normal part of my life. But I'm also very aware that this is not a normal circumstance for siblings or this is like... I guess what I'm trying to say is that my family life and my situation or circumstance is... Um Very different from the typical American or really typical family since it's not it's not likely to have two siblings with disabilities, but for me it's my normal, and so I just wanted to mention this because I would not be who I am or feel what I feel without them in my life. They are the loves of my life, but I could could go on in a separate podcast just about how much I love them, but for right now, I'm going to focus on leadership so I just thought it would be helpful to throw this in so that you can have some insight about where I'm coming from as I talk about my leadership experience. And so, yeah, I'm just going to go on with my story. And so, hope you enjoy it. But I really never thought of myself as a leader. At all, really. Um, I just thought of myself as an older sister. However, after discovering that leadership falls into a spectrum, and I really do think it's a spectrum since it really depends on where you are in life and your circumstances. So whether you have siblings or whether you're only child, whether you're a mom, a dad, uh, an uncle, a single parent, it really just depends where you are. So for me being a big sister, I have realized that that falls into the spectrum somewhere and that, yeah, I am a legitimate leader. And yeah, this is a leadership activity, whether I realized it or not. I've been acting as a leader my whole life and I think that's pretty cool like sometimes you just go unnoticed and I'm pretty used to that I don't like being noticed as a leader because I think if you are doing a really good job you are not seen as a leader you're more seen as a team player and I like to think of myself as at least I hope I'm acting as a team player in my family and I'm just making it easier on my parents and helping my siblings out so yeah I really never thought of this until I took some leadership classes and um, I learned more about the theories. And so I came to this conclusion or epiphany. I just I love that word. Sorry. So, epiphany. Epiphany. So, I came to this when I thought of all the ways I'm a role model to my two younger siblings. And so I actually really struggled with figuring out how I'm a role model to them since I just try to do the right thing every day, and apparently that's being a role model. So, I act As though I'm trying to do my best. So, let me rephrase that. I do my very best to lead by example. And I guess that's how I'm a role model. And so, I do do as I say and as I do. So, I will lead a group or I will lead my siblings by telling them, Hey, why don't you do this instead? but i will also do that same that very same thing and so i think that really impacts them and it makes me a effective leader with my two siblings because it gives them two aspects of saying yeah like i hear her doing this i hear her saying that i should do this but at the same time i see her doing it so wow well, she must really believe in what she says And so that's really important for me to live through my words and not just tell people to do something and then do the opposite. Because I really don't like when other people do that. So I don't, I try my very best to not do that. So every day I do my very best to show them this. And I think I do this by showing them that you shouldn't ever give up. And so that's like what I try to convey to my siblings most of the time that no matter how hard you fall flat on your face, or how many times you fall flat on your face, you have the choice to stand back up, and I encourage them to stand back up. And so, I displayed this every day. Um, well, I try to, exp- I, uh, I try to show this and be the example of this every day, and. As a gymnast my whole adolescent life, I fell flat on my face every single day. And I would tell them about it. I would say, hey, so I was on beam today, and I was trying a new skill, and I split the beam, and I hit my face or I hit my something, limb. No matter, no wonder I'm broken, but I hit something on the beam. And then my brother would go, well, why did you not come home early or why did you stay? And I go, because I got back up and I tried again. So no matter how hard I fell or how much pain it caused me to feel, and a lot of times that was a lot of pain, I got back up sometimes right after it happened and I would just try again and I'd try again and again and again. And I wanted to show them and tell them that, yeah, life is difficult and things will not go your way all the time. And That's just life. You just have to learn to kind of just go with the flow and keep trying. And these roadblocks or these falls, they shouldn't keep you from your goal or from achieving what you need to get done. And it's not an excuse to give up. I really am a firm believer that you are not a failure until you give up. So once you give up and you stop trying, that's when you've failed. So... I like to tell them that if they think, like, somebody said, you're failing, I want to say, did you try again? And if the answer is yes, then I say, you're not a failure. You are strong, and you keep trying. And I tell my brother this a lot, and I use example. I'm sorry, I can't talk today. Wow. So... I use examples like this when talking with my little brother when he's having a rough day or struggling to write that one paper that needs five paragraphs, MLA format, 57 and a half quotes, three sources, and to be written a third person point of view, an active voice. I'm running out of breath just talking about this assignment, which I did have to do and I actually helped him do over Thanksgiving break, but you get the idea. Essentially, a project or something in life that makes no sense, but it's required, and you have to do it so instead of telling him that he needs to just sit down and do it like the rest of us, I instead grab a chair, plot myself down next to him, and talk about what he's struggling with and why, and relate it so relate it to how I've struggled with that same project paper assignment, or even just something similar and I try to relate it back and Explain to him why this shouldn't discourage him from continuing. So basically, my motivation is to tell him to not discourage himself from doing something before even starting because it looks difficult, or because somebody or something which I know a lot of times for my siblings that something is their disability where people will tell them they can't do XYZ because other people with that disability can't do that. And I tried, I I do my very best to tell them that their disability is not a disability. I try to explain to them that it's just a part of who they are if they want it to be, if not, that's fine too. But I try to tell them that they're in control of their life and what they wanna be able to do, that is up to them. But you're not gonna be able to get to your goals without getting back up and without trying again, because you're you're gonna fall. It's just, it's inevitable. It's inevitable, wow. So I just try to be that person in their head saying you can do it, you can do it. Because that was really helpful for me growing up and in my life. And it made a huge impact on me and I want to be an impact, a positive impact on them. And so especially considering this, I would consider myself a more servant-based leadership. Leader? Leadership. Wow, I'm a leadership. No, I would consider this more servant-based leadership or that's my style, especially considering that I typically put other people's needs before my own and make a daily effort to benefit the greater good of society. And so that's a big part of servant leadership. And I'm a huge advocate of doing things that will benefit the greater good or benefit somebody else. And sometimes it does put me at a disadvantage because I will put my own obligations or my own priorities or mental health on the back burner, which I'm personally working on and trying to do and get a good balance of both. But naturally I put other people before myself. And so that's why I think I'm a servant leader. And I've actually said many times that the main reason I am in college is A, because I love to learn but B because I wanted to de- I I have to get a degree in order to help people. So, my main goal in life is just to help others. And I think that's very relevant with servant leadership and so that's why I wanted to tie that in a little bit. But I think another theory that resonates well with my leadership style is trait theory. And so I in my daily life, I think this overlaps with my servant leadership style since a lot of my traits are what make me a servant leader. So I personally think that I am both and they tie together pretty well, but I don't necessarily think that a person is born a leader, which is what trait leader trait theory of leadership says. And so this says that leaders are born, not made. And I don't necessarily agree with this because I personally think that someone can acquire leadership traits like empathy or having determination or respect, like being respectful, having confidence and being open minded through practice like you can practice these qualities and you can practice these traits and eventually it will become more natural. And so I think you can grow into becoming a leader and that you don't necessarily have to be born with these traits. I think that I personally was born with these traits because I've just been acting as a leader from my, from the very start, according to my mother and father who I've talked to about this when I was drafting up this podcast and I was saying like, Hey, have I been a leader my whole life? Like, What's your take on that? And my mom said, yeah, you actually have. And you. I've noticed it from the start, but I didn't want to tell you that you were a leader. I wanted you to show me how you were a leader, but I saw the traits in you. So likewise, a person can be born with all the traits and qualities of a leader, but if they don't apply their skill set, they're not a leader. They just have those traits that are synonymous to being a leader. So that's really important to apply the skill set. And to show how you're a leader and use those skill sets. And this ties me into my next point of how I've learned about strength based leadership, which I wasn't familiar with until this year. And I am a huge fan of this leadership style or leadership philosophy and how to become the best leader that you can be because using your strengths to your advantage. Uh, I can do that. Anyone can do that. They're my strengths. So, why don't I learn more about them? So, from the uh, Strengths Finder Quest, or I forget what it's called, but the Strengths Finder Quiz that I took, and I was very cynical of it, and I was like, how can I possibly be understood by a computer generator and put in my opinions really fast and like pick what they're trying to tell me to pick, and how are they going to tell me who I am? well they were very accurate so my top five strengths are futuristic input learner achiever and intellection so those really at first i was like okay cool sweet um what am i gonna do with that i really don't know what input means like input into a computer what i don't really know and so this absolutely means nothing unless i learn how to apply them and i think that goes back to what I was saying about you can have all the qualities of a leader but if you don't apply them they mean nothing and so I've learned all this semester well not all this semester that's a lie most of this semester I have been practicing using my strengths to my advantage and learning about what my strengths mean for me and so for example I have the natural inclination to think about and work towards the future. And that I have discovered through my futuristic quality, or not discovered, more of I have found that I do this, and that's why the strengths finder found that I'm a futuristic person. Because everything I do, I have the future in mind. I have a future goal. And so everything that I learn or come across gets stored into my mind, which I like to think of as a sort of toolbox because when I learn something new, I think of putting a little file into my brain and I'm using it or saving it for future use that can be used for some future vision or some future goal that I have for either myself or society. And usually those goals are for society. But a lot of times I try to grow myself as a leader. And by growing myself as a leader or as a person, I'm growing society because I am stocking myself up with the proper tools in order to benefit society. And so that's how I use all of my traits or all of my strengths together in order to be the best leader and therefore benefit society. And that's what I've learned this semester about my strengths, which I think is pretty cool. And actually, this is a little, this is a good little segue into my final point from part one. And there will be a part two. I apologize that these are long, but I have a lot to say about leadership as I have learned about a lot about myself as a leader and about what leadership means. And I wanted to include as much as I could into this first podcast. But I, I just want to also thank you for teaching me about leadership I wanted to add that in that is you know who you are it is really important to me and I've really gone leaps and bounds this semester and so to wrap this up I want to touch on my definition of leadership that I have developed over the semester for myself and I want to clarify that it's for myself because I think that we all have different goals and we all have different experiences and leadership like I said earlier is a spectrum and I think that we each need to find where we are on the spectrum and see what we can do or like what we want to do with that and what we where we want to go or what we what our goal is and inspire a shared vision but first you have to create a vision for yourself so without a vision for yourself you can't create a shared vision for a for a group of people because you have to believe in it you have to have your why and so for me I want to be a leader who is not afraid to be their complete self flaws and all flaws come with me I have flaws you have flaws everyone has flaws but I want to be a leader who says I'm not perfect and I'm completely okay with that I want to be the leader who has empathy who has passion motivation I want to be somebody who never gives up and always stands back up I want to be somebody who doesn't let others define them. I'm still working on this. I'm still finding ways to not let others define who I am and not let others' opinions of me affect how I think about myself. And so I'm still, as I said, I'm still working on this, but I think that this is why I wanted to include it because I'm striving for this. This is a goal of mine. And then finally, I want to be somebody who puts others before themselves. And this is important for me because I ultimately want to help others and I want to be a leader who does not only have my self-interest in mind. And I don't want to be that person that goes in with a selfish view or a selfish goal and makes everybody else work for their own selfish goal or for their own benefit. I want to be the person that benefits everybody. And so, therefore, I added that last part in. And that's really important for me. And so, in the future, I want to become this leader. I want to embody all these values that I see as being a a being an effective leader. And I want to just make a positive impact in people's lives. And I plan to do this by continuing to grow myself both as a leader and as an individual. So I want to thank you for listening, and also remember to smile. Make somebody smile today, and have a great day.